Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Humanity isn't ready. We've got that story plus mass exodus. But first, as we're here in the States allegedly about to have a changing of the guard, I wanted to do just basically a little housekeeping, get us up to date on the on the cola wars as we're about to enter essentially, you know, a new season. Interesting one from Mint Press News. Media silence deafening as former Bill Clinton aide confirms Epstein ties. A top Clinton insider has revealed that the former president visited the Caribbean home of notorious sex predator Jeffrey Epstein. In a long interview last week with Vanity Fair, longtime aide to Bill Clinton Doug Band, B-A-N-D, noted that contrary to the official line, his boss did indeed spend time on Little St. James, the private island that the billionaire pedophile used as a base to traffic and rape women and children. Flight logs show Bill Clinton made around two dozen trips on the infamous airplane the original story confessions of a clinton world exile james i realize i forgot to make the link to archive.is so we don't throw traffic to vanity fair but in other i think kind of puppet president news this one's popular bush clinton vow to join obama for televised COVID vaccination. They will get in line for shots and will gladly do so on camera to urge all Americans to do the same. But we all wonder, what shot will it be? Will it be the real one? Will it be a placebo? Meanwhile, got this one just a little bit ago from Blacklisted News. Trump said he'd stop endless wars, but his Afghan airstrikes increased civilian deaths by, what's the percent? 330%, always those 33s. Civilian deaths skyrocketed in Afghanistan under President Donald Trump, whose administration relaxed the rules of engagement for airstrikes in 2017. This, according to a new study from the Costs of War Project at Brown University. We've got the PDF linked up in the show notes. Afghanistan's rising civilian death toll due to airstrikes 2017 to 2020. By the way, as we talk presidential politics, the news is 17 states have joined Texas So essentially a third of the states in America have joined Texas and their request for the Supreme Court to overturn Biden's win in four states. So if not that, then finally we maybe meet the new boss. Caitlin Johnstone has a great one. Biden to have the most diverse intersectional cabinet of mass murderers ever assembled featuring, of course, skull and boner John Forbes, the fixer, Carrie, as we can't wait to see how the Decency president plans to uplift us with partially hydrogenated girl power and diversity of ethnicity and sexual orientation in one of the most powerful forces of human slaughter in the history of civilization. James kind of came to me as I was putting these notes together. It's like back in my old grocery store days, every couple of years. And you think in a lot of ways it is to justify the budgets. Products in the stores, of course, do this whole graphic design change to look more rustic or natural or whatever was trending in the grocery world these last couple of decades. But remember, what do they put on the label? New look, same great taste. And I think that's pretty much politics in a GMO nutshell. James, I don't know if you have tons to say about U.S. presidential politics, but we're at a real interesting pivotal point here. Right. Well, I do have uh, some things to note about the the main story that you linked up there, uh, the Mint Press News story talking about the Vanity Fair article that, yes, we will link the archive.is version so that people don't have to give Vanity Fair the traffic. Um, but yeah, it I, I want people to really digest what this new insight is or this new piece of information. 
about Epstein-Clinton relationship because I, I do monitor the social media conversations that take place and I do notice that people tend to basically make all of this information and sort of uh, uh, allied it all together as if, as if it's all the same. Um, people who fly on Epstein's jets versus people in the Black Book versus people who went to the island and it's all the same and, oh, we already knew Clinton went to the island, right? No, no, these are different pieces of information. Whether someone is in the Black Book, whether someone flew on the jets, whether someone flew to that island in particular are different pieces of information. Here is a different piece of information about Clinton than the 26 trips that we already knew he took on the plane. Well, here is eyewitness confirmation. Yes, he was on the island by one of Clinton's closest aides and basically his, uh, in a father-son political relationship, as it's been described over the last couple of decades, and the person who basically invented Clinton's post-presidency uh, world, Clinton world, and all of the, the grift that has gone on for the last couple of decades. So this is an important piece of information from an important player. It only takes up about four paragraphs in this voluminous, lengthy Vanity Fair piece, but uh, they are important and insightful and, and talk not just about Bill, but also uh, Chelsea. Um, and uh, her her relationship to uh, Giz Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, because again, uh, it gets into it. Oh, well, she had access to yachts and homes and uh, Chelsea needed that, <coughs> etc. So lots of information there. And just generally on that note of Doug Band and Teneo and that whole scheme that he was running, basically using Clinton and Clinton using him and all of that, uh, that's a much bigger story with a lot of connections to a lot of the things that have been going on in American politics generally for the last couple of decades. So if you're interested in that, I will throw in just sort of a general link to uh, Freedom's Phoenix, because I know Ernest Hancock has been keeping his eye on this for years now and has posted up quite a number of stories about this Teneo story, Doug Band, who is this guy? I think it's worth reading up on and getting informed because, again, it does inform so much of what's been going on the last couple of decades. Well, and it's interesting because it's almost like Doug Band talks about it to try and distance himself from any involvement in it. Again, it's everybody's always kind of pointing one finger and another, you know, to kind of get themselves out of the trouble. It's real interesting. Again, when things start to heat up, who's going to start, you know, trying to point fingers, I suppose. Neural next week, episode 431. This is our last regular show of the year. So if war, essentially, James, as you know quite well, Partially, essentially, war is like a bankster money laundering kind of operation and exercise. Then I think essentially the scamdemic war is heating up if, it's, if it could get any hotter. Interesting stuff. Goldman eyes Florida exit as financial exodus from New York continues. This coming from FEE.org. And again, everything we mentioned will always be included in the show notes. Way back in August with a state looking at $13 billion budget hole and residents fleeing in droves. Again, we talked about those stories of lines to rent U-Haul trucks being around the block. New York Governor Andrew Grandma Killer Cuomo issued a plea for New Yorkers to return to the Big Apple, but much more recently this past Sunday. News broke that the multinational financial services company Goldman Sachs, one of the largest companies in America, Obama's favorite banksters, they're considering a plan to move their headquarters from the Empire State of New York to the South. Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated is weighing plans for a new Florida hub to house one of its key divisions in another potential blow to New York's stature as the de facto home of the U.S. financial industry, so said Bloomberg. Fort Lauderdale, maybe, maybe Palm Beach County. Goldman is also considering Dallas as a possible alternative, as we will see many others are as well. Goldman's announcement 
basically couldn't come at a worse time for New York City, which currently has the most office space available since, well, when? The last big mega scam after 9-11. A departure from Goldman Sachs would signal that New York City's days as the financial capital of the world are over in some ways. The only surprise is that it took so long. James, uh, related that I covered recently on my morning show, Hewlett Packard leaving California for Texas as the Golden State exodus continues. So not a real big surprise. Essentially, the whole middle part called America pretty much hates New York and California anyway, James. So this isn't a real big surprise, I think, in, in that way. But to actually see giant corporations making the move again, Generally, not out of big moral conviction, but it it's friendlier to business. The tax situation in Texas is pretty sweet. I think Joe Rogan can attest to that as well, James. Yeah, well, this is uh, just the start of what we're seeing when they push the Great Reset button. It really does mean a reordering of things that we've taken for granted our entire lives. Of course, Wall Street is where all the banksters congregate, and that's they have to. I mean, how would they ever conspire if they weren't in physical proximity. Well, hey, it's the 21st century, and they don't need that. They can do social distancing as well. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Now, it's interesting to see. I mean, I feel like this is the roll-safe meme. You know, you, you, can't, uh, you can't occupy Wall Street if we're not on Wall Street. Um, but... But uh, I, I'd be interested to see how this plays out with, say, the city of London. Because as I, as I know you know, um, the city of London's special independent sovereign territory there within the UK that the, the Queen has to ask permission to enter the city of London, the square mile where London's financial district is. I think it has some sort of deeper ties geographically and otherwise. Actually look up, uh, I, I believe it was underneath the Bank of England, or at least in that area, some archaeological digs that have been done there. I'll just leave that as a tidbit for people to look into. Um, but uh, yes, it's a, that's a special place that maybe the banksters won't want to abandon. But Wall Street, Wall Street, Schmall Street, whatever. They can do it from Florida. They can do it from when it, wherever. And uh, maybe it's better for the banksters if they're all spread out. So you can't go and occupy any particular uh, important piece of geography. So that's, an, that's uh, I mean, it's interesting to watch how this plays out. But as I say, I think this is just part of the great reordering that is part of the great reset. And things that you have seen your entire life and expected to be there your entire life are probably going to go by the wayside in the coming years. So get used to it. I think, you know, American sports actually this year very quickly realized, oh, Texas, Florida, that's where we've got to go if we want to keep the shows going. And they essentially did. And that's where a lot of the playoffs and all the finals, all those things were all in pretty much Texas and Florida. James, you do remind me, I, I'll find the best link for this because you talked about Vatican City. You've heard me talk a bunch about there's a crazy, just long, like six hour documentary that I that I love called Empire of the City. Some places it's called Ring of Power. It's got a lot of really interesting information in it. And it talks essentially about those three main seats of power, the District of Columbia, which I think would be the war power. You've got the city of London, which is the money power, and Vatican City, which is the god power. And if they don't get you with one, they'll get you with one of the others. So, James, as we start to get more esoteric for this final segment on this Neural Next Week episode, we go to the Jerusalem Post. Former Israeli space security chief says aliens exist, humanity not ready. Has the state, again, this is coming from the Jerusalem Post, has the state of Israel made contact with aliens? 
According to retired Israeli general and current professor Haim Ashed, the answer is yes, but it's been kept a secret because humanity isn't ready. Ashed served as the head of Israel's space program for 30 years and is a three-time recipient of the Israel Security Award. He said Israel and the U.S., they've been dealing with aliens for years, and this by no means refers to immigrants, yuckety yuck. With Ashed clarifying the existence of a galactic federation, which may actually be the real takeaway from this story. We've all heard all the, you know, declarations of aliens, but the galactic federation. This cooperation includes a secret underground base on Mars where there are American and alien representatives. If true, the article notes, this would coincide, of course, with Trump's creation of the space farce as the fifth branch of the U.S. armed forces. Though it's unclear how long this sort of relationship, if any, has been going on between the U.S. and its reported E.T. allies. But Ashed insists that Trump is aware of them and that he was on the verge of disclosing their existence. However, the Galactic Federation reportedly stopped him from doing so, saying they wished to prevent mass hysteria since they felt humanity needed to, quote, evolve and reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are, end quote. James, so is the, the Project Bluebeam is going to be this whole Zionist production? How How is your 2020 bingo card looking? Are you, are you looking at false flag EMP for Dark Winter Christmas? Maybe a very APAC alien New Year. What a strange story, James. And again, I, I've speculated as we were seeing them do it. Hillary and Podesta and the gang, when they pretty much thought they were set they were already working on the new kind of alien agenda, going on the TV show saying, oh, no, it's unidentified aerial phenomenon, putting all these new sorts of words and ideas and the Blink-182 guy and all this stuff kind of been bubbling under the surface. So maybe, what, is it about to burst forth, James, like an alien? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the temptation is to scoff at this and to to make cracks about how, oh, you know, the people who talk about the neocons are just shills covering up for the Zionists, but the people talking about the Zionists are just shills who are covering up for the, the black nobility, and the people who are talking about the black nobility are shills covering up for the, the, the reptiles, and the reptile people are shills covering up for the Galactic Federation. But I can one-up them because the people talking about the Galactic Federation are shills who are covering up for the archons. So yes, we can complete the conspiracy bingo card. I mean, it is tempting to scoff at this, but uh, more seriously, uh, I, I would hope that our, our regular viewers will be better situated to understand the context of this story and the potential importance, even if this is rather crazy, the potential importance of this type of thing, especially being introduced to the public through the Jerusalem Post and through these mainstream media outlets that are now at least putting it out there. I don't think they're going to necessarily take it seriously all of a sudden, but it's still, it's being seeded in the public consciousness, exactly as you say, with the uh, unidentified area phenomena, phenomena and uh, the uh, that, that new, uh, Pentagon research project that they, they exposed, but totally has been scrapped, guys, and the to the stars with uh, Blink-182 and all of that. Uh, it's almost like this is part of an unfolding plan that is a longer-term plan for a longer-term false flag of some sort. And if you want more uh, context on that, don't worry, I've got it. Episode 301, How to Fake an Alien Invasion, which is more relevant now than it ever was, potentially. And uh, I will commend it to your attention for at least a couple of reasons. One is the work uh, on War of the Worlds, not 
the broadcast itself, but the research that was done on top of that, the Rockefeller Foundation funded research about that broadcast and about how to essentially get the public to freak out over a non-existent phenomenon. Highly relevant to the world of 2020, isn't it? But also, uh, it, yes, I believe, th episode 301, I believe that was my first reference to John Podesta uh, a year or two before it became a bigger thing in the conspiracy world. So yeah, Podesta there, of course, hyping the alien thing there as uh, it looked like Hillary was going to be anointed in 2016 and he's coming out in 2015 sort of prepping the prepping the uh, hype mobile for that. So uh, some interesting parts of, around that. Um, but as you say, I mean, there are so many different long-term potential false flag type of things they can pull out of their sleeves, like the fake alien contact or whatever, or an EMP false flag of some sort. I've also got an episode in the archives about that. So yes, there is a potential for the dark winter to be literalized with some sort of EMP sort of thing. Or, I mean, there's again, there's a million different things that we have to at least uh, take into account. I hope people will follow the links to find out more information about it. But yeah, uh, that's the way I read this. I read it in the context of a very long unfolding plan to seed the idea of alien contact into the public imagination precisely so that people can be steered into some sort of, hey, now the aliens are coming to institute global government or whatever, whatever form it takes. And Schwab will be our leader now. The aliens have appointed him. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> James, in closing this episode 431 of Neural Next Week, I will remind folks we are using my North American post office box with the links and the address and all that stuff always down in the show notes. For folks who don't do the digital money thing but want to be able to support Corbett and New World Next Week and also myself, of course, this should always be made out to James Evan Pilato. And of course, all the other ways, PayPal, Patreon, Subscribestar, Cryptocurrency, all the different ways. Again, we don't really care how, just as long as you do. So next week, our big year-end show, we pick the stories of this year and we talk about the trends, predictions of next year. And it's the only show of the year where neither of us have any idea what the other is going to talk about. James, I'm always excited and slightly terrified to do our new world next year episodes there's it's a lot of pressure man it's fun <laughs> and we get to wear a tie and oh it'll be it'll be great get your eggnog ready and uh strap in it'll be an interesting one all right buddy that's all i got let's wrap up this episode 431 of new world next week i will see you next week my friend all right take care